Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today Rabbi Schneider will take us across the pages of Scripture to see how the Old and New Testament connect. We're in the middle of a series on the Book of Romans, and we've been learning some valuable lessons from the Apostle Paul. And today, Rabbi Schneider will be explaining what we should and shouldn't do in the face of adversity. We're going to be learning why the tribulation is like resistance training for athletes. So let's turn in our Bibles to chapter four of Romans. And if you've missed any of the messages so far, catch up online at Discovering the Jewish jesus.com now here is rabbi schneider shalom yedidim shalom my friends beloved ones welcome today to this edition of discovering the jewish jesus we're going to pick up today beloved ones at the end of chapter number four yeshua was delivered over because of our transgressions he was raised for our justification and then we went on that because of what yeshua did both died for our sin I want you to get that because we have such accusation that we need to warfare against because the devil is constantly trying to put shame and accusation on us. He's constantly trying to beat us up. He's constantly wanting to make us feel bad about ourselves because he knows that if he can push us down into a pit of shame, it's gonna block our relationship with Hashem and that's exactly what he wants. Remember what happened to Adam and Eve? As soon as they sinned, what happened? They felt shame. That's why they tried to cover themselves with the fig leaves we read about in the book of Genesis. And then they ran from God and were literally afraid of his presence. So this is what happens when we feel accused because of sin. We isolate, we go into the darkness, but God is giving us his wrong trumpet word today that Jesus died and took away our sin and then he rose to prove that we are now justified before the Lord and we have peace before him. So that's where we left off last time. Let me just read those two verses where I left off. The last verse in chapter number four, he, speaking of Yeshua, who was delivered over because of our transgression and was raised because of our justification. In other words, everything that Jesus did, beloved, he did for you. He did it for you. He took away your sin. He took away your transgression and he was raised for your justification. Therefore, chapter five, first verse, having been justified, you and I, we've been justified. Let's just say it together again out loud before the Lord and to our own soul. I am justified in you, God. I'm justified before you, God. I mean, that feels good. And every day we have to remind ourselves of that because every day, the devil is trying to put guilt and shame and accusation on us. This is what the Bible calls him, the accuser, speaking of the devil, of the brethren. So we stand against that accusation of the devil by having confidence in what Yeshua did once and for all. He shed his blood to break the power of accusation over our life. And we need to declare right in Satan's face, I am justified before God. Why? Not because of who you are. You don't have to wonder if you're justified because you were good or bad yesterday or in the last hour. No, your justification is permanent. We have identification 
with Yeshua, with Jesus. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. It goes on to say, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained our introduction. And I want you to think about that word introduction. Through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Let's take it apart a little bit slower. We're in verse number two. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith. What does this mean? It means this is just the introduction. This is just the beginning. The introduction, beloved one, and the beginning of what? Of entering into the fullness of experiencing God's grace. Listen, we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace. What is grace? It's God's unmerited loving kindness and favor and goodness continuously being poured out on our lives. The Bible says that God chose us in him, this is in the book of Ephesians, so that he could show the lavishness of his loving kindness towards us for the rest of eternity. This is just the introduction right now. Jesus took away our sin, brought us into faith to believe that we now stand holy and blameless before God. This is the introduction. There's so much more. God is gonna continue to show his goodness in kindness towards you and I through Jesus for the rest of eternity, through his grace. And so once again, verse two, chapter five, through whom in Jesus also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. What is Paul saying? We should be of all people, the most optimistic people in life. We should be full of joy, full of hope because of our confidence in the future of what God's gonna be doing for us. Because of our optimistic sense of our destiny, because of our optimistic sense of where we're going, that for the rest of eternity, God is gonna be pouring forth good things, his goodness in our life. I wanna read it and say it again. I know it sounds redundant, but we are living in such an evil age and we're surrounded by so much hostility, so much danger. There is such a thick weight of the spirit of darkness in our culture and in our society today that it's easy for us to be overwhelmed by the spirit of the age, by the spirit of the enemy, by what the Bible calls the God of this world, referring to Satan. Because we're living in this world where Satan's throne is, Jesus said. Jesus said, I know where you live, where Satan's throne is. Not that Jesus isn't sovereign overall, he is, but Satan has a measure of influence in the world today. And because we're in the world, we feel it at times. So we have to be able to resist a feeling of hopelessness and dread and depression. This toxic atmosphere that we're surrounded by spiritually by recognizing that we're not of this world and that we're going somewhere, that for the rest of eternity, the God of goodness, the God of light, the God of joy, the God of happiness, he is and will be continually pouring out himself into our lives. And so once again, Paul says, in Jesus, we have obtained our introduction, just the beginning of where we're going, by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. We have hope. 
we're exalting in the glory of God because we're looking up, believing good things are in store for us, that every day is gonna be a good day. Every day might not feel like a great day emotionally, but God's always doing something good in our lives. He's changing us. And in verse number three, and not only this, but we also, and this gets to what I just said, exalt in our tribulations. So every day is a great day. God's glory is being poured out on our life. It might not feel great every day because we face hard times and we have to overcome the enemy, even in the realm of spiritual warfare, even when Satan is trying to pour out his invisible presence upon our soul, trying to make us feel hopeless or whatever it may feel like, that negative feeling. Paul says this, not only this, but we exalt in our tribulations, whether it's in your visible circumstances, beloved one, or whether it's in a spiritual battle in the invisible world. It may feel tough, but we're exalting in our tribulation knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And this hope that we're exalting in does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out upon our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us and God's Spirit has overcome the world. So let's think about this for a second. What does this mean for us? How are we to truly assimilate it? How should we be receiving it? How can this be making a difference? How can you walk away and be changed, be empowered, be transforming? By truly knowing and taking a hold of this, God's love has been poured out on your life. Because of that, you will not be disappointed. What you're hoping for and what you're believing in will materialize, it will come to pass. You can exalt in your tribulation, whether you're going through a hard time circumstantially, something's going on in your life, whether it's with your family, your children, your health, whatever it may be. You're just in a war. God says, yes, you're in a war. Everyone that desires to live godly in Christ Jesus is gonna experience tribulation because going through the tribulation and clinging to God through it, affirming his promises through it, strengthens us in our faith. It's like resistance training, just like an athlete. How do they get stronger? They practice resistance. In other words, they develop stamina by pushing through hard times. So if it's a runner, for example, if it's an Olympic athlete that's preparing for a marathon in the Olympics, what do they do? They train every day by making themselves run longer or faster, pushing their body to the limits. Their body is feeling terrible while they're going through the tribulation. They can hardly breathe. Their muscles feel they're about to give out. But after they press through, their body is so much stronger than it was if they wouldn't have gone through the resistance. Well, the same thing happens with you and I. We exalt in our tribulation. We don't give up on God, but instead we do what Abraham did. We praise God in the midst of contradictory evidence. And through that, we get strong. And when we get strong, beloved ones, we'll have breakthrough and understand what it really means to be happy by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. And so once again, this hope that we have as we press in, not wasting our tribulation by giving up, 
but by using our tribulation so that we can go from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory, our hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Let's go to the next verse, verse number six. For why we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So I want you to think about this. Jesus didn't die for you and I when we were doing our best to be good. Rather, he died for you and I, beloved, why we were still helpless and ungodly. This should give us confidence to know God loves us and neither you or I have to do anything to earn or deserve his love. All we have to do is believe it and be thankful for it and look to walk in it. So listen again, verse number six, chapter five, for why we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want you just to realize God loves you and he understands you. And to prove that, he sent his son to die for you while you were helpless and living in ungodliness. And that love for you will never change. You and I didn't do anything to deserve his love or bring his love to us, nor can we do anything ever to cause him to withdraw from us other than rejecting his love. So you are safe in him as you look to him and thank him. He continues on in verse number nine, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So what he's saying is if God demonstrated his kindness towards us, why we were living in ungodliness and didn't even have a consciousness of wanting to live obediently to him or knowing the way to him in Yeshua. If God died for us when we were in that helpless state, how much more will he pour forth his love upon us now that we've received him, church, and are seeking to please him through our relationship in Messiah Jesus. What happens next in the text is Paul begins to shift his concept a bit, and he begins to help us understand that if it was through Adam's sin, who sinned all the way back in the garden at the beginning of the book of Genesis, if it was through that one man, Adam's sin, that sin and death was then transferred to the whole world, because the Bible says the whole world died and became guilty before God because of Adam's sin, that the human race, once Adam sinned, because Adam was the human race's divine representative. And when our divine representative sinned, it separated the whole human race from God. So now the Bible says, through Jesus, who's become the second Adam, through Jesus's one act of righteousness, dying on the cross for the sin of mankind as the perfectly righteous one, through that one act of Jesus, 
all that put their faith in him would be reconciled to God and justified. You see, it's all so simple. We have one humanity and we have one head of humanity, Adam. When Adam sinned, the whole world became guilty and came under the power of sin. But when the second Adam came, Yeshua HaMashiach of Nazareth, and lived as a perfect God-man, a perfect human being, and then went to the cross, not for himself, but for you and I. He took our sin in his own body on the tree and then died in our place. And then to prove that God accepted that atonement, Father raised him from the dead. Through that one act, you and I have now become just before God and we have peace with God. Through Adam, all died, but through Christ Jesus, everyone that puts their faith in him is now justified and has been given the gift of eternal and everlasting life. And if you love Jesus today, beloved one, that's you. So I say to you today, grace and peace to you. Shalom uvracha, God's peace and blessing over your life. You are safe and secure in your relationship with God. Give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Our Bible teacher is Rabbi Schneider, and tomorrow we'll continue our journey through the Book of Romans. And right now, I just want to take a few moments and pray with you. Father God, we come before you and we ask that you would give us peace that surpasses all understanding. You said that when we set our minds on you, that your peace, that when we gave you our cares, God, that your peace would overcome us. Help us, Lord, to know that we are truly and deeply yours. Lord, that you called us and that you love us. Father, we thank you that you desire goodness for all of our days. And we pray that our faith would be strong as we live in the hope of your return. In Jesus' name, amen. And right now, we have a special treat for you. During the month of February, we devote the entire month to celebrating our faithful listeners and our ministry partners because we couldn't do what we do without your support and encouragement. So keep listening because I know that you're going to be touched by what these listeners have to say. I've been partnering with Discovering the Jewish Jesus for about eight years. Rabbi Schneider's ministry has impacted my life because his teaching. Before it, I was just reading it, but now I apply it and I make the word personal. He's a prophetic voice in this time that is speaking what God has for us to hear. And I just heard him saying things about Jesus, about Yeshua, that I hadn't heard anyone else talk about before. He's genuine. He's authentic. He hears God. The teachings of Discovering the Jewish Jesus are so unique and so special for this day and time. I'm not going to Africa and traveling all over the world. The rabbi is going. And I see all those thousands of people. It's just amazing to me. And it just brings tears to my eyes that, you know, I'm a part of that. I want to support the things that God is doing in the earth now. My giving to DJJ Ministry keeps giving. I truly know that I'm part of building up God's kingdom around the world. 
Wow, that's so encouraging. It just goes to show how your monthly gifts are changing the lives of our fellow listeners. And now to share a little more about how important your gifts are, here is Rabbi Schneider. I know that many of us feel like we're being bombarded with requests from ministries for donations. And I understand that Cynthia and I give to several ministries ourselves. But I want to take a second just to share with you why discovering the Jewish Jesus is unique. Number one, our particular emphasis, beloved ones, is to help you understand how the Old and New Testaments fit together like a hand in a glove so that your faith in Yeshua will be rock solid. Secondly, we're one of the few ministries on earth that have an emphasis and a focus on making truth palatable to Jewish people so that they can embrace Yeshua HaMashiach as their own Messiah. During this special month that we do once a year called Partner Month, I wanna ask you, from the bottom of my heart, if you are not already, would you become a partner with the Lord through this ministry so that we can reach more people than ever this year? If God is nudging you to become a monthly partner right now, you can sign up online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also pick up the phone and talk to one of our team members today. We'd be happy to walk you through the process. It's simple, it's convenient, and all you have to do is call 800-777-7835. We're truly so grateful for your support. And as our way of saying thank you for your gifts, we'll send you a message of the month by Rabbi Schneider and our current newsletter. And for new monthly partners, we'll also send you an additional gift, an authentic shofar that's made in Israel. Thank you so much for becoming a monthly partner. And you can do that by visiting discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And let's close today's message with a special blessing. Here's Rabbi Schneider. Blessings trump curses. And in the book of Numbers chapter 6, we find the ironic blessing that God commanded Moses' brother Aaron, the high priest, to speak over the children of Israel. There's power in blessing, beloved ones. So take part in receiving Father's blessing upon your life today. Yavah The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom.
If you'd like more information about Discovering the Jewish Jesus, visit our website at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You'll find our broadcast schedule, podcast links, teaching notes, and so much more. And while you're there, let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up each individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains how we should live once we are saved. That's coming up Friday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.